The first reading is Genesis 33, chapter, verses 1 to 3, and can be found on page 36, 36 in the Red Bibles. We have Bibles in other languages and versions available at the back, and page numbers for those that are on the screen. Jacob looked up, and there was Esau, coming with his 400 men. So he divided the children among Leah, Rachel, and the two female servants. He put the female servants and their children in front, Leah and her children next, and Rachel and Joseph in the rear. He himself went on ahead and bowed down to the ground seven times as he approached his brother. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Um, So just to get us engaging with this story, we're going to play a little bit of a game. Um, The game is what happened next. And also, just to say, Jo was meant to be sort of um, leading the service with me today, but she's not been feeling well the last few days. So we would be really thankful if you could keep her in your prayers as she rests in bed. So this game, what happens next? So what's going to happen is that we're going to show you um, a cheeky little clip. And then you're going to have a few moments just to chat together and think and guess what's going to happen next in the video. And we'll see if any of you can guess what happens. Um, So, if we could have the first clip. Okay. And if we could press play. What happens next. So have a, have a little net over the people around you. What do you think happens next in this video? Okay, so let's hear some suggestions. Any ideas? Any ideas? The pumpkin explodes. Ooh, interesting. Okay, Okay, so the pumpkin, that's quite exciting. Okay. Anybody else? Let's have another guest. We've got one over here. Let's have one more. What do we think over here? Uh, The boy isn't real. The boy isn't real? How interesting. They are two very different suggestions. Very. So one is a quite dramatic explosion, and one is a boy isn't real. Let's have a cheeky look and see what happens next. So somebody's clearly seen this before, but when I watched this, I wasn't expecting that to happen. Um, so it turns out the boy isn't really real. Um, So there we go. Okay, what about this next one? Let's see if you can guess what happens next. So watch this first part. Okay, so again, in pairs, what do you think happens next? Okay, let's. Ha- anybody got a suggestion? Okay, go on, Ellie. What do you think happens next? I 
think they're going to crash. You think they're going to crash, okay? Yeah. That often crash, does happen exciting. with this kind of thing. Uh, Harriet, what do you reckon? They're going to bump into the man. Bump into the man. Okay, so okay. we've got a crash between carts. We've got a crash into the man himself. Let's have a look to see what happens. I just love that. I think it's hilarious. So this kid is clearly out of control. That's the kind of thing that I would do, be spinning around in the go-kart. We have one more for you, so let's have a look at this video. Okay, so what do you think happens next? That's a piece of bread, just so you know. Okay, let's have a couple of suggestions. Who'd like to guess what they think happens next? Oh, I'm going to go right to the back. To Isaac, whose hand I saw first. Go on, Isaac, what do you think? Um, the big one's going to um, grab the bread. The big one's going to come up and grab the bread. Okay, let's have another suggestion. Uh, Bethany, what do you think? Um, that the biggest fish is going to eat all of the fish and then eat the bread. Oh, wow. Suddenly turned quite sinister. The big fish is going to eat all the little fish. <laughs> okay, so let's see what happens. Just to explain, so there's a piece of bread, there's a fish, and that over there is a turtle or tortoise, whichever one's in the water. Um, so they're all trying to fight for the bread. Um, let's have a look. <laughs> so, while they're all fighting for the bread, a little rat comes along. Well, quite a big rat comes along and steals it. I feel like this is the kind of thing that would happen in Manchester. And my rat just comes along um, and steals the bread. What, what happens next? Unexpected, I guess, ending to our stories. Um, like Sarah said, we've been looking at the book of Genesis together, and we've been thinking about the story of Jacob and God keeping his promises. Um, promises of um, a great people, um, a great land, um, and blessing. And last week, we ended with this very strange encounter. Jacob is wrestling with God. So he ends up in this sort of crazy wrestling match and then he's somehow sort of equal with God and then God unleashes his power, boom, hits his hip and he, he leaves with a limp. But he also leaves with a new name, Israel. And this name Israel would become really important for God's people. He leaves with a limp and a new name. And we thought that that was amazing. Paul was telling us last week, because despite his messy past, his lies, and his deceitful past, God had given them this great new name and this amazing blessing. 
But in the background, Esau is looming. God, uh, Jacob had had this great encounter with God, but what about when he meets his brother? What kind of encounter will this be? Well, verse 1 of chapter 33, Jacob looked up and there was Esau coming with 400 men. You see, immediately after this amazing encounter with God, Jacob is reminded of his past. He must face up to the consequences of his past actions. As I sort of imagined this, um, I imagined um, a bit of a scene like this. So, so this is little Jacob. Um, he just wrestled with God, and he's having a great time. It's, it's a new day. He's putting on his coffee in his old-school coffee machine, having a great time, just thinking, oh, I wrestled with God, and I survived. Yeah, living my best life. And then he looks up, and I think you've seen this picture before, and he sees something that is utterly frightful. He looks up and suddenly this great scene is turned to carnage because there's a fox that's ready to eat him. Now for Jacob, it's not just, I think that's a beaver or some kind of thing. It's not just the little beaver and a a fox. For Jacob, it's his brother and 400 men. And he is utterly terrified because he thinks his brother has come to get him he might have this new name but God hasn't zapped away his past there is still much a very messy life for Jacob to deal with and that's problematic and I think it's problematic for two reasons One, if Jacob's brother has come to kill him with these 400 men, well, that's not good for Jacob. Um, It's not really good for him to be uh, killed. Um, That's not great for him. But what about God's promises? What happens to God's promises if Esau gets rid of Jacob and his family? Jacob had swindled his brother twice out of his birthright, and then he steals his father's blessing. And I don't know if anyone remembers the last thing that Esau said of Jacob. Well, it was this. Esau had a grudge against Jacob because of the blessing his father had given him. He said to himself, the days of mourning for my father are near, then... I will kill my brother Jacob. This is a problem. What is Jacob expecting next? Well, he's expecting to... Well, he's expecting the worst. And so what does he do? He makes this plan. He divides his family into three separate groups, hoping that if his brother does come to get him, at least some of his family might survive. He's expecting the worst. And we can't blame him, can we? And so he goes ahead of his family and he bows to his brother seven times. Which is amazing considering he spent all his life trying to get on top of his brother. And now here he is trying to humble himself. What will happen next? 
Jacob had had this amazing encounter with God and somehow he had survived. Actually, he'd been blessed. But what about this encounter with his brother? What will happen next? What will happen to Jacob? What will happen to God's promises? Will Jacob's past, his mess, his lies, his deceit, put God's promises in jeopardy? But we'll find out in just a moment. And as we hang with that tension, we're going to sing a song that reminds us of God's great faithfulness to us. So let's stand to sing, and then we'll pick up the rest of the story afterwards. And Benjamin is going to come and bring us our second reading of the morning. The second reading is Genesis chapter 33, verses 4 to 11, and can be found on page 36 in the Red Bibles. But Esau ran to meet Jacob and embraced him. He threw his arms around his neck and kissed him, and they wept. Then Esau looked up and saw the women and children. Who are these with you? he asked. Jacob answered, They are the children God has graciously given your servant. Then the female servants and their children approached and bowed down. Next, Leah and her children came and bowed down. Last of all came Joseph and Rachel, and they too bowed down. Esau asked, What is the meaning of all these flocks and herds I met? To find favor in your eyes, my lord, he said. But Esau said, I already have plenty, my brother. Keep what you have for yourself. No, please, said Jacob. If I have found favor in your eyes, accept this gift from me. For to see your face is like seeing the face of God, now that you have received me favorably. Please accept the present that was brought to you, for God has been gracious to me, and I have all I need. And because Jacob insisted, Esau accepted it. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Benj. So we finished up the first part, not quite knowing what to expect next. Jacob was expecting rejection. More than that, he was expecting destruction at the hands of his brother and these 400 men. So he'd humbled himself before his brother. He'd returned, tail between his legs, expecting vengeance. But what does he find? Let's look at verse 4 together. But Esau ran to meet Jacob and embraced him. He threw his arms around his neck and kissed him, and they wept. Jacob finds mercy. He finds mercy from the most unexpected place. His brother Esau had come with 400 men, not for a fight, not for revenge, not to kill him, but to embrace him. And here's a great reconciliation. But Esau ran to meet Jacob and embraced him. What a scene. Were you expecting that to happen next? Considering all that Jacob had done to his brother, were you expecting that they would be reunited in this way? A hug and a kiss and they both cry together. 
Now, at the end of the first part of the story, we had these two problems in our minds. Jacob was facing up to his past, and what would happen? What would happen to his life? Well, his life is his beard. And he has this amazing reconciliation with his brother. But more importantly than that, we, we had this question about what happens to God's promises. Well, we can see that God's promises are still very much on track. Far from Esau getting rid of Jacob, we see their relationship is restored. And we'll come back to that shortly. And then after this, we have the most, I think, most epic catch-up there is. Um, In the Bible, maybe there is. Have a look at this. So then, verse 5. Esau looked up and saw the women and children. Who are these with you, he asked. Jacob answered. They are the children God has graciously, graciously given your servant. So many years has passed in the time since these two brothers uh, met. Um, And lots has happened in Jacob's life. He now has two wives, a couple of servants, and lots and lots and lots of children. Um, I'm not sure he was expecting to sort of have this kind of catch-up with his brother when they met again. But they do. Lots of children. But then, um, if you remember last week, we had this episode where Jacob had sent ahead of him lots and lots of gifts. And so Esau says in verse 8, What's the meaning of all these flocks and herds I met? And Jacob responds to find favor in your eyes, my Lord. But Esau said, I have plenty, my brother. Keep what you have for yourself. And again here we see something of Jacob's humility as he addresses his brother Esau as his Lord. And there's almost something of um, another mini tussle here. So Jacob wants to give his brother these extravagant gifts, and his brother says, no, it's okay, Um, I have enough. But Jacob refuses to let his brother not take them. No, please, he says, if I have found favor in your eyes, accept this gift from me. For to see your face is like seeing the face of God now that you've received me favorably. Please accept the present that was brought to you, for God has been gracious to me, and I have all that I need. And because Jacob insisted, Esau accepted it. What an encounter this is. Jacob recognizing that this is such a big deal. So, such a big deal it is, that he sort of likens it to the night before where he had this amazing encounter, this amazing struggle with God himself. He recognizes that for him to be reconciled with his brother in this way is like being blessed by God. For to see your face is like seeing the face of God now that you have received me favorably. The night before, Jacob had faced God and he had survived. More than that, he had been blessed and given a new name. And now he faced his brother, expecting vengeance, but he finds mercy. Another blessing from God. So he has this new name. And not God zapping away his past getting rid of it, 
but God redeeming his messy past. God using and working through his sin and mess. And I wonder if this extravagant gift that Jacob gives back to his brother Esau is something of him trying to give back for all the ways he had cheated his brother in the past. So Esau goes from, I will kill you, to embracing his brother and accepting this gift generously. And it seems that it's not only Jacob who the Lord has been working in. God's promises would continue to be worked out through this messy situation, through Jacob and through Esau. And we together, we should marvel at that. We should be struck at how amazing and generous and kind that God is. And God demonstrates this to Jacob. There's nothing that can hinder God's promises to Jacob. And we'll see this as the story continues next week. But what about us? What are we to do with this generous mercy that God shows to Jacob? Like Jacob, we didn't expect, maybe we didn't expect God to be so kind and generous to him. Particularly given what Jacob had done in the past. He wasn't a nice guy. He had cheated his brother He spent his life deceiving others and being deceived by others. His family situation is a real mess. Yet, God shows him mercy. And I wonder if this is meant to remind us of another story where a family relationship is broken and there is an unexpected reconciliation. A story of where one squanders um, his family wealth, ends up in ruin, having made a whole ton of mistakes, and has to face up to the consequences of his actions. He decides he needs to head home. He's expecting rejection. He longs to be a servant, but he finds a different response. Here are a couple of verses. One is from our passage today. And does anyone know where the other verse comes from? What story might that other verse be part of? Maybe have a quick chat. If any of you know, maybe parents, you might want to share the ideas with your kid. And then someone could shout it out if you know it. And then we can go from there. Does anyone have any thoughts? Does anyone know where this verse might come from? At least the story. There's a, there's a voice down here. What do you think? The lost, son. the lost son. Awesome. The lost son. Jesus tells this story in Luke about this lost son who asked his father for his half of the wealth and he runs off. 
and he spends all his money on a lavish lifestyle and he squanders it all. There's a famine in the land and he ends up um, working on a farm, feeding pigs. And I'll just read from um, a few verses from that. When this son came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am, starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was, a, while he was still a long way off, his father saw him, was filled with compassion He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. And there's so much there that resembles our story with Esau and Jacob, isn't there? See, as we marvel at God working out his promises through Jacob, we can marvel at Jesus, who offers us this lavish mercy and grace. Like Jacob and the lost son, as we reflect on it, I guess we know our sin. We know that our lives are messy um, between us and God, and also in our family sometimes. There's real mess. But if we come back to him, like with Esau to Jacob, like to this father and his son, we can find the most unexpected mercy. And it's a fitting morning to have communion together because in a moment we'll remember the great sacrifice, the mercy we received from Jesus who died for us, who rose to life, that we might receive this lavish love, grace and mercy through him, Jesus, if we repent, if we return to God, rather than fear or judgment or punishment that we rightly deserve, we meet a father who runs to embrace us, who kisses us. An amazing picture of God's complete forgiveness. If you're visiting us today, if you're maybe not a Christian here today, I wonder what you make of those stories, this kind of lavish love and mercy. Sometimes we expect the Christian life to be about living perfectly, or not living perfectly in front of a really angry God. But here we see a God who deals with the messy. He works through the messy. And actually, there is no mess that is too messy for this God. So come to him to find mercy and find forgiveness. For us who are trusting in Jesus, I wonder if this is a reminder for us to keep coming back to Jesus. To remember his great faithfulness to Jacob and marvel that he continues to be faithful today. So let's keep coming to him to enjoy mercy and grace and forgiveness. God will be faithful to his promises despite the messiness of our past lives. Come to him and find unexpected grace. Let's pray.
Father, thank you so much that your character is unchanging. That just like you were with Jacob, you are faithful to us through Jesus. Help us to marvel at how you keep your promises. And help us to come to you that we might find lavish, unexpected mercy. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.